Welcome back to another episode of Laws and Grace. On this episode, Grace wasn't able to make it, so Laws sits down with an old college roommate, and they discuss everything from Gilmore Girls, are you Team Dean or Team Jess, TikTok, co-parenting during the pandemic, and Alyssa shares her claim to fame meeting one famous author. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Laws and Grace. Grace unfortunately can't be here, but she's hopefully hopping on later. And I'm Laws. And today we're talking with an old friend from our college days. Thanks for joining us, Alyssa. Thanks for having me. Um, so we met you during our freshman year at BYU. And then yep. later we were living in the same place our yep. sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we haven't seen each other for... A lot of years. Yeah, I saw. I actually saw Grace last year when she was on her road trip around the country. So she actually came to my house. Oh, Um, that's awesome. Yeah, which was so fun to see her. But yeah, I haven't seen you in person since probably the last time I probably the last time I was in Utah, which was yeah, like 2014 maybe. So tell us where you're living right now. I live in South Carolina in a tiny little town um, called Lugoff. Um, it's where I grew up, and so I'm, I'm here. And I remember one of my memories of you is when you would, we were living in Utah, but when you would talk to your family from back home, your southern accent would get like thicker and thicker as you talk. That happens. <laughs> yeah, that happens. Um, that still happens here. Like if I'm around family members that have thicker accents than I do it just happens I don't even realize it yeah Yeah. um other fun facts about you uh you got your degree in English from BYU where we were all at um you have two adorable kids you're a freelance editor you're about to start grad school and you love bread who doesn't well some crazy people don't uh (laughs) And boiled peanuts. So explain to us what those are. Okay, so boiled peanuts are actually the official state snack of South Carolina, believe it or not. Um, Basically, you take um, green peanuts, which are raw peanuts that haven't had any processing done to them yet. And you boil them in really salty water for like a few hours until, and so then think like edamame, but peanuts. All right. I so can, like the shells, at, yeah, yeah, it's like really good. I was gonna say you had me at very salty water. <laughs> yes. So the the peanut shells get really kind of soft, and the peanuts inside get really soft. So like when you crack it open, the peanuts that come out are kind of like soft and chewy and really salty. So do you eat the shells, or do you usually no. discard them? Okay. No, you just yeah, you throw the shells away, but you eat the peanuts inside. And you can add different things. Like sometimes people will make like Cajun flavor varieties or you can add like apple cider vinegar if you want them a little bit more like tart or tangy. And like basically the options are endless for flavors. That sounds amazing. I'm on yeah, board. It's, my, it's like my favorite summer <laughs> snack. I definitely have not spent enough time in the South. I know that. I need to visit more places. Come on over. I've only been to Austin, Texas, which I think doesn't even count as the South. <laughs> Something no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count that. <laughs> so yeah, I need to come visit you. Yeah, um, 
did I miss anything in the introduction? I know you also love books and Broadway and Gilmore Girls, which I'm also yeah. a fan of. <laughs> love Gilmore Girls so much. And Grace um, said that she owes you for introducing her to Gilmore Girls. Oh, that's so sweet. I know, I love it so much. It's like my favorite show. It's like my comfort show, you know? Like yeah. I, like, if I'm like, I don't know what to watch or like I'm in a bad mood or I'm in a happy mood or I'm in a whatever mood, I'm like, I'm just gonna watch some Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yeah me too yeah I personally like watching seasons two through about four because mm-hmm. I'm a big Jess fan me too. <laughs> okay good I know this may be yeah. controversial to our audience but I'm team, team Jess. Jess all the way <laughs> 100% team Jess uh, yeah. I'm glad we agree on that here's why Jess is the best in short because I could go on about it he changes he starts out a punk kid which I think isn't really his fault because his parents were Mm -hmm. all over the place and And he's also a teenager yeah he's a teenager he gets better whereas I feel like the other boyfriends get progressively worse yes maybe Logan gets like a tiny bit better but then he gets worse again so yeah Logan like starts out pretty good and then he goes like he gets a little bit better and then he dips down and just kind of like steadily declines Dean, don't even get me started on him. I know, like, Dean. Anyone who, like, seen the most, I'm like... He's the worst. Go see, go to therapy if you think he's... Yes. I know anybody who's like, oh, Team Dean, I love Dean. I'm like, are you watching the same show as me? Like, that's yeah. not real. No. They want you to think he's the Perfect. best, though, because Lorelai's always like, he's so great. And I'm like, based on what? Based on what? No. Like, nothing. Nothing. There are no... I don't know I don't really think he has very many redeeming qualities no I could go on about him for days um okay so I want to know for my own personal reasons what have you been up to since I've seen you last okay so since you've seen me last which would have been like 2014 so I mean I had two kids um I got divorced Team divorce yeah so that that was a big thing and then um it was kind of like a crazy past like couple like year and a half or so because like I was pregnant and then started going through a divorce and then the pandemic hit and then I had a baby like in the middle of the pandemic and like all like juggling like all of these things and I'm like can't even go anywhere or do anything so it's kind of a doozy of a 2020 but on the other side of it now so yeah I think we all had a rough 2020 but that might yeah. take the cake that's a trifecta <laughs> yeah. of things it is it was like pregnant divorcing like pandemic and then yeah and then my son um who's now one like he had um some heart problems like when and so then we had to deal with all of that just like it was just a tiny bit stressful of like everything all at once but it's okay because it's all better now yeah what was that like with the pandemic like did you have to still quarantine with your ex or no because we we separated like before Mm -hmm. the pandemic hit and so basically like he works from home so he wasn't like seeing any coworkers or any he wasn't really seeing anybody anyway so like he it, I wasn't I was comfortable with him like coming over to see the kids because like he didn't see anybody or come into contact mm-hmm. with anybody so 
like we were in our own place but um you know like it was I felt like it was basically like because like my daughter was still going over there for like her weekend visits anyway that I'm like you know I didn't feel weird about or bad about like having him around the kids like with pandemic stuff because like she sees them all the time anyway so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that's something that I was kind of like wondering about generally like how are people navigating some of these changes in relationships when you're like can't see people and you're trying to co-parent or whatever it is yeah yeah we basically kind of like decided that like okay because like I had a newborn and so like obviously the priority was to like keep him as safe as possible because this was still before anybody like there wasn't even a vaccine yet and um you know I was like well I'm not taking him anywhere and so we basically like um my ex and I just kind of collectively decided that we were going to minimize the amount of people that we came into contact with and like try to be super super careful about how many people we came in contact with just so that we wouldn't like potentially pass anything on to you know kids because you know there's there because there still wasn't then like a lot of information about how it would affect babies and also with his heart problems I was like I don't want to chance it and like get him sick with like heart stuff going on because I'm like let's let's just not like add on to it if we don't have to (laughs) yeah I mean babies are so fragile right you just don't know yeah it's true I mean they're so resilient but so fragile it's kind of a weird dichotomy like it's a weird dichotomy there where it's like this little balance of Mm -hmm. you know they are they're so strong and so resilient but at the same time like it could turn really quick yeah that's scary yeah so like a lot of us went crazy being home alone or being home with kids what was that like being like basically a single mom with two tiny kids yeah um it oh my gosh it was it was an adventure but I was really lucky that like we live right next to my parents so my parents are literally just like steps away and so my dad um my dad built uh, my daughter a big like playset in the yard because it was like well all the playgrounds are closed like I'll build you a playground <laughs> and so um so that was really great you know and we just so we would go outside and play a lot and thankfully like we live on we've got about like between like where my my parents and us like the the land that we're on is about like four acres ish so like there's plenty of space so I think that that was a big deal was like we could still go outside and like it wasn't like we were in you know like some suburban neighborhood where you have like a tiny yard and your neighbors were right there and they can like hear everything and see everything it's like we're surrounded by trees so it was super nice to be able to like get outside and like get the energy out and stuff um I feel like I probably would have had a much harder time if I had been like cooped up in a neighborhood with nowhere to go outside like no outside space yeah or like an apartment in New York yeah I feel for all those people I can't even imagine like because you they were like you're basically stuck in your apartment because like who wants to go walk around the city with you know no thanks but yeah so I feel like I got really lucky in that we were able to kind of still do things without going places if Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah that's that's good (laughs) 
I mean, it's as good as it can be, right? Yeah, it's as good as it can be. And then my parents were, you know, like right here. So it's not like I I was never like alone, alone. I always had help, which was really nice. I mean, I still have lots of help. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just know that newborn phase can be so hard and I can't imagine doing that on top of it I mean I've been divorced but not during a pandemic with a newborn so I'm like wow like thinking about how hard it was for me I'm like how did you survive like honestly how did you survive I don't know sometimes I don't know sometimes I'm like kind of look back on it I'm like wow like I did that okay (laughs) like how did I do that and then I think okay I just kind of did it like one day at a time like let's just but in some ways I think that like having a newborn actually helped in a weird way because like it gave me like I had something to do that was like taking up basically all of my time you know between like a newborn and at the time um, my daughter was three she's four now but you know she was like three and a half last summer and so I think that I think that that actually helped a lot more to because instead of like just me sitting around like in my own thoughts and like wallowing or being upset or being mad or something I didn't have time to like be mad about things so I was like you know like I've got other things that I got to deal with like there's a baby like I have a three-year-old I can't just like sit around and do you know like twiddle my thumbs all day long like so in a weird way I think it actually helped because it gave like some more structure to my days or to my pandemic days because it's like okay we gotta take care of the kids and find stuff to do that you know that they're gonna be like keep them occupied so that they're not going stir crazy and so I think I probably would have had like a worse like quarantine time if I would just been sitting around by myself yeah yeah, that's true. I think anything that gives you some sort of schedule or purpose in life is really yeah. helpful. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, what has it, what has it been like being a mom versus like what you expected to be if you had expectations? Hmm. So I think in some ways it is a lot more difficult than I anticipated, but in other ways it's like kind of what I was expecting um there are certainly days where like you know okay so like you want your kids to be smart and you want them to be like successful and like get it and stuff but my daughter is so so smart and some days I'm like why like why can you talk so well why can you like logic and reason with me you're four like just do what I say because I'm telling you to do this. Like, I don't want to explain why, you know, you have to like, you know, like, you know, hang the towel back up in the bathroom or, you know, or whatever it is, you know, um, you know, someday, sometimes I'm like, you know, and it's great that she's so inquisitive and curious and wants to learn and wants to talk about things. And it's fantastic. And like, I want that but at the same time, sometimes I'm like, just, just because, just because I said to do that thing. Like, I need you to do that thing because I said so. Um, yeah. But um, so in in some ways, like, it, it's kind of like a, it's it's like this kind of weird, um, like, all these emotions kind of, like, existing in the same space. Like, it's great, but it's hard. 
but it's fantastic, but it's infuriating, like all at the same time, like kind of all wrapped up into one. So I think maybe that's what I wasn't necessarily expecting was like all of these emotions kind of like existing and coexisting all sometimes within the span of like a couple of minutes, you know? Um, but overall, I would say like being a mom is like, is great. Like, I think it's um, super challenging, but also some of the most rewarding stuff, especially when you are like trying to get your kid to like, you're teaching them something and then they finally get it or like it clicks and you're like, yes. Or, or when, or when they go and they go on a play date and then like you hear, or they go to like preschool or wherever and they come back and with like a good report, like they were they were polite and they use their manners and you're like, yes, something stuck, you know, or you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. like, like me telling you a million times to say please and thank you. It like, it didn't just bounce off, you know? Um, so yeah, super rewarding, but definitely hard. Like I'm exhausted, like all the time. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Do you feel like some of that stubbornness and stuff she gets from you? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely yes no she's like my mini me and and I know that like it's karma and it's coming back to get me and I'm like I'm like oh no when we get to be a teenager it's gonna be a super fun <laughs> but no she absolutely gets it from me but I think that stubbornness is a good thing yeah I agree you, you can stand up for yourself and you know what you want do you feel like in going through all of this that you've gone through last year do you feel like you came out of it with like any sort of insights that you can share with the rest of us um hmm. okay so I'll share with you this is my piece of advice that is I, I mean I say it mostly in jest because it's it's funny I saw someone post it somewhere where it basically just said like get married in your early 20s so you can be divorced and happy in your 30s <laughs> which you know I say that jokingly but also like I feel like there might be a little bit of truth to that like don't rush into things mm -hmm. I don't like I don't regret you know being married and like my marriage because I have two wonderful children from it but um you know I mean everything happens for a reason but um I think the other insight that I can share is like when you're going through difficult things like have support systems like even if you just have like the one friend that you can just talk to and like unload and say oh my gosh there's all these things that are happening and I don't really know why or what like why is this all happening to me um just like there's a lot to be said for someone who will just listen non-judgmentally you know, and like listen to everything you have to say and like really listen to you. So I'd say if you could find, if everyone could find just like that one person, maybe two people that, you know, you could just go to with all your stuff and say, this is what's going on. And maybe it's your therapist, like, I don't know, you know, like, or, you know, but to have someone who's like an impartial listener, who you can just say, help, you know, this is what I need, this is what I'm going through. And then they say, wow, that really sucks. <laughs> you know like you don't or and someone who doesn't try to fix it because I don't you know because I know like if if anybody's anything like me like I've already googled 16,000 different ways to try to fix it 
you know, but, um, but, and, and coming up, you know, I've seen it all, know exactly what, you know, everybody else is going to say with their advice. Um, so sometimes it's just nice to have someone that can say like, yeah, like you had, you know, basically like the book thrown at you of all these bad things, but you know, like that must be super hard, but you know, um, yeah. So I think that those people, those people are your real friends. Yeah, I like that you mentioned that because I was, my next question was going to be like, how can people be helpful? But you answered that it can be helpful just by listening. I know I also got, and I, I know when people give advice, they're just trying to help. And so I'm yeah, like, I appreciate well. that. Yeah, like it comes from a place of love and caring. Yeah, but it's like, no, I'm I'm also a Googler. I'm a, and I'm also like, when I was getting divorced, I started reading every book and talk, I think I was talking to like three different therapists and like reading all the books and doing all this stuff. And, you know, people would say stuff to me and I'm just be like, yeah, I've already tried that. Yep, yep. <laughs> or whatever. But the people yeah. who would just be there and like came mm-hmm. and helped me clean my house when I moved or brought me food or helped me yeah. move again when I had to move again. Those yeah. are the moments that I'm like, thank mm-hmm. you for your friendship. <laughs> right. Yeah, the people who just like validate you without like trying to like fix the situation or mm. they validate you without trying to um like without trying to insert too much of their own like opinions or thoughts on it yeah I also think when you get divorced everybody wants to know what happened right they're like so what yeah. happened yeah and I'm you're like, like if I knew maybe <laughs> right at least as I thought yeah. I was like I don't know my world's falling apart I can't tell you right. how this yeah. happened or- yeah, or, or or on the other side of that too, it's like, it's super personal and it's like, you know, it's another, like there's another person, like there's another adult involved in, in this divorce. Like I don't want to like air personal business like for everybody to know. Cause I'm like, that's not fair to that person, you know? Like mm-hmm. it wouldn't be like, I don't, like I have a personal policy of like, you know, like my ex is my ex, but he's also still my kid's dad. So like, I don't want, like, I don't have anything bad to say about him, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't have anything bad to say. Like, I don't have any hard feelings. Like everything just kind of, everything happens, you know, and sometimes you just can't stop things from happening, you know? And, and, but like, I don't want to, like, I would not want to like talk about details of my divorce, like with people who are curious because without like his consent because like he's a part of that too you know and like I I would feel weird just like airing personal details that involve somebody else without them being okay with it yeah yeah and it's like you know some things are like facts of what happened but it still is like I don't want Mm -hmm. I mean you know it's like you don't want everything out there necessarily sometimes right. you do sometimes you like, sometimes, yeah sometimes you like, there's certain things yeah there's certain things that can be out there but there's other things where like it, the, the line between like this is fact and this is like a he said she said thing gets kind of fuzzy and like I would never want like I would never want it to seem like I was spreading like not rumors but just you know like trash talking for the sake yeah. of 
talking about something that's now over you know yeah because it's it's over it's done it's final so like yeah. we don't need to keep like like when people ask I'm like it's over like I don't have to keep rehashing stuff like it's done and like we have a yeah. good co-parenting relationship so there's not really much more I could ask for yeah that's really lucky yeah definitely um, I think even like with myself when relationships of any kind and it's like you want so much for there to be a reason but it's like knowing the reason doesn't help like you said it's like it's over like the reason doesn't necessarily even matter unless you need to work through some things or whatever on your own but it's like Mm -hmm. relationships end all the time unfortunately but they do yeah it just it just happens yeah I think that's one thing too that I've learned um through everything I've been through in the past year is that there's so much that happens that's just outside of your own control. And I had to really learn that like that was okay. You know, yeah. that that I I couldn't control it all and that was okay. And I had to be okay with that. Um, you know, with like getting divorced and then the pandemic, which obviously you can't control any of that. And I really had to learn to focus on like, okay, what can I do right now in this moment to make this better? And if the answer is nothing, then I had to be okay with that and just say okay well there's nothing I can do to change it so um you know and I, and I had to learn that that was that was an okay place to be um because like I mentioned like my son was born um with some congenital heart defects and so he had to go and have um like some procedures done when he was two months old and like where he they took him like they did like the heart catheter, you know, where they like thread everything up like a big artery, like through your leg, like into your heart to like fix stuff. And I was like, well, there's literally nothing I can do about this except wait, you know, and like go be there at the hospital and stuff. But so even like that was a huge like learning experience for me where I was like, okay, there's so much that's just out of my control. And I have to just be okay with that and I can't because I like to I mean I like to be in control of things like I really like to like plan things out and I really like things to go the way I want them to go and if I don't have control over it I'm like like it makes me not nervous but like it's just my preference you know um but so that was a big learning experience so I think that like that's probably my biggest takeaway from everything I've been through in the past year and a half is that like it's okay to just let things happen the way they're gonna happen that is no small thing I also really love being in control (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's very hard to let go it is and I think a lot of times like the only way to figure it out is to be confronted with those situations where there's no other choice but to just you have to just let it go because there's no other option. Yeah. I feel like I've seen other people say this about the pandemic that they're like, well, I had to learn to let go. Like I had friends who were on Broadway or in Mm -hmm. other shows or other jobs that just went away. Yeah. And they're like, you know, you can't make Broadway come back just by willing it. Yeah. Yeah. Although it's coming back now. I know. I'm so excited. Me too. Me too. 
Um, I mean, on that, to talk about something a little bit lighter, what yeah. you are a Broadway junkie. And so how do you how do you come to be a Broadway junkie <laughs> to the extent that you are? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just have always loved listening to cast albums and for as long as I can remember, like listening to cast albums of you know, and I feel like everybody's kind of like gateway musical into musicals is like Phantom of the Opera and like Cats and like the older like Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff, which I don't really listen to as much anymore. But I feel like that's everybody's kind of like gateway drug into Broadway. Um, and then I just I just love it. Like I love the storytelling. I love the music. I love the singing and the dancing, like the whole package. It's just um it's just so fun. And I think a part of why I love it so much is like, I wish I could do it, but I can't, <laughs> you know, like, like I, I'm like in my dreams, you know, I'm like, Oh, I wish I could be like that ultimate triple threat, but I'm just so not <laughs> like, like I can play the piano, but I'm not a singer. I'm not a dancer, I'm not an actor at all, you know? So I think it's like, it's, and there's just something so magical about it. Like, there's just, like, this magical quality to Broadway that you don't get with other types of art. It's, like, the whole package of an experience. I agree. What got me into, again, I, uh, first of all, can relate because I cannot sing or dance or <laughs> anything. Or yeah. I have acted, but that doesn't mean I can. Um, <laughs> and, but, like, Broadway, musicals, theater, it combines everything I love, which is like, I love fashion. And so there's costumes, I love music yeah. and there's that. I yeah. love spectacle and I love yep. also like nuance and feelings and mm -hmm. and you get all of that in one. And so, yeah, it's like, I just want to be a part of it in any way I can. And so then yeah. sometimes I con people into helping me write musicals because I can't write <laughs> music, but it's- I remember that. Yeah, it's just yeah. Uh, something different entirely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and there's just something so special about live theater that you can't get anywhere else. Like sitting in the room, like there's just this energy that's palpable that you just don't get. It doesn't translate from in other ways, like in other places. Like other live shows are great, like going to like an orchestra or like a ballet or something. But, you know, like there's still like a kind of energy there, but there's something different about Broadway mm -hmm. I don't really know how to explain it it's just there's something very different about it that's just like fantastic what do you think it'll be like in September when it's back mm -hmm. I don't know like are they gonna like are they, is it gonna be like limited seating and are they gonna like space people out in the theaters or is it gonna be like you have to like show that you're vaccinated and like wear a mask to go in I don't know. Yeah, I think they might be doing proving that you're vaccinated and because I can see that. Like, I wouldn't be like I would be okay like going in the city in a theater with like a bunch like you know because like the theaters in Broadway are like the seats are like so yeah you're squished you're, like, you're packed in there and so I'm like there's not really a good way to like space people out so I feel like they're gonna have to have some sort of you're gonna have to have some sort of proof that like you're not gonna get anybody else sick. Yeah, I kind of wonder if if it'll change things at all. Like if 
because I'm like they lost like over a year of revenue so I'm like are they gonna do smaller shows or I know know some shows got you know like some shows just ended yeah um and other shows got pushed back and stuff and Mm -hmm. so I'm like I wonder though I've I've thought this the whole pandemic I was like maybe this will change the game and it's kind of seems like everybody's just going back to normal without like yeah without really much of anything the only thing I can really see that's changed is like um it's not Broadway but like with movies like sometimes like they'll have certain theatrical releases or like in theaters and on HBO Max but like that's it yeah (laughs) like the only difference really yeah Cause I'm like, well, I kept thinking that maybe this would be like an innovative time, you know? Yeah. Like, like let's get after- super creative with how we like broadcast this like content out to everybody. Yeah. But they didn't. We have TikTok. <laughs> yeah, we have TikTok. But we have TikTok. That's about it. <laughs> and I love TikTok, so. Me too. Um, that's a good like point. My guilty, I, it's my it's my guilty pleasure. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, love TikTok because I, know, it is I love your sat- like, I love your Saturday morning roundups of, yeah. of all the videos those are like I look forward to those all day. I'm like yes <laughs> all the funny videos I'm so glad yeah if anybody doesn't want to be on TikTok but wants a weekly fix you can go to my Instagram and uh watch it's like usually it's like 20 minutes I think yeah, it's is like it's yeah. like the max you can do on your Instagram story but mm-hmm. um I just love the creativity because I feel like YouTube kind of did this where it's like, oh, anyone could do content, Mm -hmm. whatever. But like TikTok will push your content to people who don't even follow you and to random. It's this, it's this different thing. Like it's totally different Mm -hmm. than any other social media in the sense that you don't know who's going to see you and what's going to blow up and right that makes it so cool I think for the content creators to I am just always about more accessibility to different kinds of creators because Broadway is a perfect example it's like the same Mm -hmm. people once they get their foot in the door it's the same kind of same actors the same producers mm-hmm. the same yep um writers a lot of the time and so same thing with movies and tv shows yeah and so yeah. tiktok's kind of cool where it's like you can see all kinds of new talent and stuff like yeah i you know have found creators of all different races and mm-hmm. all different demographics from around the world yeah. yeah and it's it's so cool to um like one example is like Indigenous Day. There was all these Indigenous people posting about their culture yeah. and things that I'm like, shoot, I should know about so this, cool. but I don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there was one. Yeah, there was. Um, I I was I ran across something like that. I think it was probably around that same time of a like some there was an Indigenous girl who was posting just like about her daily life, like anything she lived and she lives somewhere in Alaska I think like in just like a super like remote part where like her people live and it was so interesting I'm like and I and like you I thought I felt like I should know about this but I didn't but it was really really enlightening and really really fascinating this is just so different from like my daily life and my daily experiences um but yeah I that's what I love I love the like the diversity and the variety of content on there like it's like all this really amazing stuff that 
and that I wouldn't otherwise even like begin to know where to go to find this kind of stuff you know right. like left to my own googling devices I'm like there's stuff on TikTok that I've discovered that I love that I didn't even know existed until it showed up to thanks right. to the algorithm yeah I feel like I yeah I've seen different styles of painting different mm-hmm. uh so much new music so many mm-hmm. like awesome musicians that yes, I so many and the like music, this... have you seen the girl who does the um the the she's a Broadway singer but she does the board belt the board belting okay so it's hilarious because she so she always starts her videos up and she's like next up on board belting and you're like boards like you're bored out of your mind and so she has like her um so she always has like her like uh headphone charger thingy up here as her microphone on her forehead um and so she sings like different um like different uh songs from Broadway that are like super powerful like ballads and songs that the girls sing and so she's like belting these songs out but she's doing it with a completely like deadpan bored out of her mind face so (laughs) she's like so she has like no emotion on her face and she always starts off and she's usually got something where she's like filing her nails while she's doing it or she's like popping pop like putting popcorn in her mouth and just like chewing it up and singing and it's incredible because she's amazing and her voice is just fantastic and it's so funny because it's just you know um it's just a fun little series where she's you know acting super bored while she's singing and like I don't think that would have existed otherwise outside of TikTok yeah right it's the things that are like so weird but so fun yeah I think my for a while my dream was like I want to make a show like SNL but I only like pull people from TikTok because there's like people do great impressions people Mm -hmm. who just come up with the funniest characters and stuff and I'm like yeah Lauren Michaels if you're listening to this I'm available um (laughs) but yeah just like some kind of show where you pull in all these people and have them like write stuff together create stuff Mm -hmm. together I think would be so fun it would be so fun and like even on top of all the like cool like art and like creators on there it's just like the life hacks oh my gosh yes where I've learned so many things I'm like how did I not know this how have I not learned this and you know all my years as an adult like living on my own and stuff like it's it's amazing the things that people have like taught you that you didn't even know was a thing yeah I follow this woman who is a professional cleaner and she has taught me some very useful things and I don't necessarily do all of them but now I know better how to clean my house yeah yeah just like super simple stuff it it just or things that like you wouldn't necessarily think to do it but it makes it so much easier it makes your life easier yeah can you think of one in particular that's changed your life yeah, so there was a it was a cleaning lady on TikTok, and her suggestion was that she um, was that you get a little um, you know like the little scrub brushes they use to like brush your dishes, like that have the bristles and stuff. Her suggestion was when you are you like just go to dollar store, Target, wherever, buy one extra one of those, and then you fill it up with a mixture of like I think it was like two parts dish soap and like one part vinegar and then you just take that scrub brush and you just stick it in your shower 
And then like once a week when you're taking a shower, because you're taking a shower every day anyway, just once a week, grab that scrub brush that's already in there and just scrub down your whole shower while you're in there and then just set it back. And then magically your shower just stays super clean. That is genius. It was so, and I watched that little, like it was like a 60 second long TikTok. And I thought, why have I not thought of this before? And immediately, you know, went out and bought all this stuff and just stick it in there. And, you know, and then your grout stays clean and like the tiles stay clean. And because, and you know, cause it's always, you know, like when you're taking a shower, it's like you, you get in there and you're like, oh man, like I need to clean my shower. And you don't necessarily think of it until you're in there and then you're like, oh, hmm. And then, but then, then you don't have to worry about it because you're just, everything that you need is already there. That is, that is a useful thing. Things that I've done because of TikTok that are not useful is buying a lot of random things. (laughs) TikTok's amazing. We could talk about that forever. (laughs) Clearly. That and Gilmore Girls and then, you know, we're set. Yeah. Um but back to you um so you're gonna go to grad school with two young kids Mm -hmm. does that scare you at all (laughs) um yeah it does but it also doesn't like I found a great program that I um, am going to be able to do my master's online so I can do it from home so I really won't have to like upend my kids schedule which is really great um so I think more than scared, I'm excited. So I think it's going to be really fun. I mean, it'll be hard, but I think it'll be worth it. It'll be good. It'll be fun. I'm going to get a master's in English. Um, so my undergrad is in English. And then hopefully I would like to teach English after I'm done with my master's. But I'd like to teach maybe like a college level or community college level. I don't really necessarily want to teach public school if I don't have to. But I'm also why. not opposed. Yeah. But I'm also not opposed to it, you know, like if if that's the only option, then yeah, like get my foot in the door somewhere and then move around. But what is your favorite thing about English? Mm-hmm. So my favorite thing about English and literature in general is that that language is kind of always ever evolving and it's not just this like static here are the rules these are always the rules these will always be the rules you know like with math or science where it's very concrete and very much like this is the way it is and it takes basically like it's almost impossible to change or to add new content or add new things, you know, where with like science and math, like new laws and new um, like theories and stuff. It just, it's, you know, there's, there's not very, there aren't very many new ones, Um, but with, with language and with English and and literature, um, it's so much more fluid and always evolving and always changing and kind of the rules are always being broken and rewritten and um I really uh I really like the idea that like when you have interpreted something or read something and consumed it like it's going to be different for me than it is for you but we're both right and um you don't quite get that with like math or science there's definitely a right or a wrong answer but um and I feel like it's kind of that way like with all the arts 
you know, and, and all the humanities, um, you know, that we all interpret it slightly differently, but everybody is still correct in their, you know, personal interpretation of something. And if you can back yourself up, then you're right. Yeah. That's definitely like, I feel like when I was in elementary school and middle school, I liked math. But then when I got to the high school level of things, I definitely was like more into English and writing and those things because it's like, no, I want to, I want, yeah, it's like the hard and fast rules Mm -hmm. can, I don't know. It's just not really in my personality too. Yeah. No, yeah. Same. Like with math, you know, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like math and science. Like was, it was fun in elementary school when you're like learning about like rocks and planets and stuff, you know, at a very elementary school level. Um, But then when you get into like the upper level stuff, like having there be like only one right answer, I don't know, it kind of like stressed me out a little bit and, you know, and, but, but I always knew like with, like with English, like, okay, like I read this book and this is what I think about these characters. And this is why I think this about these characters, because this is what happened in the book. And if you can make a compelling argument, then like you're good to go. Which I think How is do you, more fun. Yeah. How do you feel like, or why do you think learning English like throughout high school and college is important? Hmm. that's a good question I think it's important because well first of all I think oh there there's a lot to be said for somebody who can write intelligently and speak intelligently and I think that there's also um there's a really great need to be able to like read something and then be able to think critically about it like if you can't read something and then really digest that information and come to your own conclusions about it, how are you supposed to kind of form your own opinions about things? Because otherwise yeah. you're just doing what somebody else tells you or you're piggybacking off of somebody else's opinion. But because if you don't have any critical thinking skills, you're kind of out of luck. Oh, so I, think I it's agree. Super important. Yeah. I think that goes for like films and different things mm-hmm. too right this like literacy yeah. to because yeah we're surrounded by media and stories and different things mm-hmm. and so it's like what are you going to get out of those stories yeah well and there's also just so many authors and I mean I think like you said it extends to film and other like forms of media as well like there's so many filmmakers and so many stories to be told or stories to be read and or stories to be watched that um it's important to like consume all of that for your own brain to like expose yourself to like other people or other ideas and um you know there's there's just a a lot of important work out there to read and if nobody's reading it then like it's going to become lost but Mm. if you read it and you take it because everything you read it you know there's like a little bit stays in there you know you might you might lose some of it but you know there's always like a little bit of everything that you read that sticks in your brain and kind of shapes who you are so it's important to learn about 
everything you can. Yeah. Well, and we love stories. That's why we're doing this podcast. Stories are great. Little plug there for the purpose of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I really like, I mean, I studied, in, I was an English major for like one year, uh, my freshman year. And, you know, everybody's like, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> yeah. But I think there's a lot of value in continuing to study those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Absolutely. But yeah, that's kind of the joke. Like, oh, what are you going to do with an English degree? Well, there's a lot you can do with an English degree. And like right now, you know, I do some freelance editing. Um, and, it's you know, my English degree comes in really handy <laughs> for that. And, um, you know, if I didn't have an English degree, I probably wouldn't be very good at it. <laughs> Cause I wouldn't yeah. be able to, I wouldn't be able to think, you know, um, you know, think analytically about the text that I'm reading and be able to make suggestions or, you know, my suggestions probably wouldn't be very worthwhile <laughs> without an English degree. So. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Cause when I switched from English to film, my parents were like, well, what are you going to do with a film degree? And I was like, what was I going to do with an English degree? <laughs> it's this. <laughs> It's the same thing, right? You you take the skills that you have and you adapt them to right. all right. kinds of jobs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And now I'm back to being a writer, so full circle. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is, like, what do you most like to write or edit? Like novels are definitely the most fun because there's characters and a story. And just like you're talking about stories, you know, there's more... Like there's more to it than just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good academic paper, but, you know, I, I also enjoy like the personal touch of characters' lives and how they're interacting with each other. Well, I'm just double checking that I'm not missing anything that Grace wanted to ask you. She's super, again, she's super bummed that she couldn't be here. How exactly. dare she? I know. Um, Big time grudge. Come on, Grace. Oh, she wants, she wants to know if you have any book recommendations. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So it depends on what kind of genre you're into, but I'll just kind of tell you some of the things that I've read recently that I really liked. Um, I just recently read God Help the Child by Toni Morrison. And it was her last book that came out before she passed away. Um, and it's fantastic. Um, it's a great, great story. It's not very long. It was a pretty quick read, um, but it was, it was beautiful. You know, her prose is just immaculate and just so so rich um and just a wonderful wonderful way with words um so I love I love all of her books you can't really go wrong um but if you're not really if you don't really want to like dive right into a Toni Morrison book I was just telling somebody the other day that a good way to get started is you could just read her Nobel acceptance speech um because it's a lot shorter but it's also just fantastic and gives you a great idea of like her her prose and the way she writes um I also recently read um a book called will my cat eat my eyeballs <laughs> by um by a girl named Caitlin I think it's Doughty or Doty. I think it's Doty. um anyway she is actually a um a YouTuber she's uh she is a funeral home director in California and she has this fantastic YouTube channel called Ask a Mortician. And I love watching it because it's just 
she's hilarious and her book and her channel and all of her videos are kind of equal parts educational kind of dark humor sarcastic but just great um so will my cat eat my eyeballs is a book that she wrote about um she took a bunch of kids and like compiled a bunch of kids questions about death and dying and then answered them you know so like will my cat eat my eyeballs and then she answered it and, and you know she's like probably not and then like actually gives pretty interesting like scientifically based answers to these kids questions um but it's it's a really great little read that's like I said kind of equal parts entertaining but also informative um and then I also recently read um Julie Andrews second autobiography called Homework her first uh, memoir is called Home they're both really good um because who doesn't love Julie Andrews right <laughs> yeah so those are both really good um I have a, an ever-growing-to-be-read list. Um, mm -hmm. I, um, I also read recently in the way of kids' books, um, there's, a, um, there's a book called um, There's a Tiger in My Garden, I think it's called. And it's a beautiful, beautiful little book about um, imagination and play and uh, the illustrations are beautiful, um, you know, about like, there's a tiger in the garden and, you know, is it imaginary? Is it not, you know, is it just like a kid playing, but it's, it's a great, um, kids book that adults would also really like, um, I'm waiting for the next David Sedaris book to come out. I think it comes out this fall. Um, it's, what's it called? Like a carnival of snackery, I think is the title. And I can't wait. I've got it pre-ordered. I think it comes out in October. And I'm I love like, him. Me too. He's so nice too. Um, yeah, I, I recently watched his master class and I'm like, oh, he's a genius. Him. He is a genius. He's so, so smart with his writing. I've met him a few times and he's just, he's a delight. That's like good to absolute, hear. Yeah, he's a delight. Um, I actually, I actually sewed a button back onto one of his shirts once. <laughs> I was in line before a show or before a reading to like get my books signed and he was asking everybody in line you know can you sew do you know how to sew <laughs> and everybody was like no well no and so I get up there and and I you know set my books on the table and he's like do you know how to sew and I said well not really I said but I can like sew a button on a shirt or like let out a hem or you know like patch a little hole and he was like oh perfect perfect he was like sit down sit down and I was like, okay. And so he said, I have this shirt. It's my favorite shirt. The button fell off. And he's like, and I have a sewing kit. And he was like, but Hugh, you know, who's his partner is the one who knows how to sew and he's not here. <laughs> and he's like, he's at home. And he's like, and I don't know what, you know, he's like, so can you see, he's like, can I pay you $5? Like sew this button back onto my shirt. And I was like, you don't have to pay me, but I'll happily sew this button onto your shirt. So he ended up, he did pay me $5, but, and so I have it framed, but, um, but yeah, and so like, I sat there with him and I, you know, and, and I, I did so like really slowly so that I could like sit there longer and just like chat, you know, with him for a little bit. And it was so funny because like all these people were coming up to the table to get their book signed and he was introducing me. This is my friend, Alyssa. She's sewing my button back onto my shirt. Like this is my scene. She's going to be my seamstress now, you know, like, hilarious. Um, 
but yeah, he's just delightful to talk to and just as funny as his writing. And what's really, really amazing is I went and saw him again, maybe like a year later, um, because he's from North Carolina. So when he goes on tour, he always like hits like North Carolina and the States over here are really small. So it's not a long drive um, to places in North Carolina. Like I could be in North Carolina, like in an hour, you know, if I left Mm -hmm. right now. Um, But anyway, I went and saw him about a year later and I went through the line again because like more books had come out. And I was like, I need to get more of my books signed. And so I get up to the table and he goes, he looks at me and he goes, you sewed a button onto my shirt. And I went, what? Like he totally remembered me and like remembered my name. And I was like, whoa. I'm like, how many thousands of people has he seen in the past year? And then, I don't know. But I think he has like a freakish memory for remembering things. Yeah, that's my my claim to fame with with David Sedaris. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's so nice. But isn't it always great though when like someone that you really love their work, they just turn out to be such a nice person? Yeah, it's such a relief. It is, because then you're like, oh, good oh, I can keep liking your stuff. But it's so disappointing when they're not. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, sometimes you're like, were they having an off day? Do they not mm-hmm. like doing book signings or whatever signings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, it's, it's nice when uh, they are awesome. Yeah. Um, one thing that, back to David Sedaris, because we're basically best friends. Not, <laughs> um, but he was saying, because I asked him, like when I was sitting there with him, like, you know, I was like, how long do you usually like stay here for? And he said, I sit here until everybody comes through. And I, I said, like everyone? He's like, yeah. He's like, I sit here until every single person who like wants to like come and get their book signed or say, says hi, like has a chance to do that. So he said that he went to a book signing once for like an author that he really liked. And, um, and he had waited in line for like two hours. And like, as he was getting closer to the table he could like see the table you know, the author like packed up and left. And he Mm. said that he was so disappointed and was like, and then thought to himself, like, if I become a famous writer, like I'm never going to do that. And so he's basically known for like, if you're in line to see him, like you're going to get to see him. And he was, I remember him saying, you know, he said, who wouldn't want to sit at a table and have hundreds of people come by telling you how much they love you and how, how much they think you're great, you know? Um, which I thought was really nice. So if you ever go see David Sedaris, get in line. He's not going to go away. That's really awesome. It's also yeah. so interesting, like, because you can imagine that pivotal moment, right? Where he's like, I'm yeah. never going to make someone feel how I feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, do you feel like you've had any of those moments in your life where you're like, this thing happened to me? And so now I'm going to like, aggressively refuse to let it happen to anyone else Hmm. I don't know um I don't know if I've ever had anything like in a negative way if that makes sense like I um I was telling somebody the other day like you know I want to be an English teacher that's what I'm gonna end up doing with my life I hope um and I was thinking, you know, about how many fantastic English teachers I had, like through high school and college and just how pivotal they were and how like inspirational and just how important they were to me personally and just how they kind of helped shape and mold me into who I am. And 
thinking to myself like okay like I'm gonna be like I want to be that person for a student one day you know and like be that be the kind of English teacher so I guess you could say like with me pursuing a master's I'm going to be like aggressively becoming like the English teachers that I had you know and making sure that like some like people have a similar experience and like learn to love it I don't know what it is but I feel like a lot of people have English teachers that they just love Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of that probably has to do with just like the nature of the subject of literature where you're reading about the human experience and you're talking about the human experience and kind of analyzing characters and like why are they doing what they're doing or why did the author make you know write them do you know why did the author write them this way and not that way and like I feel like you get into a lot um a lot deeper conversations in your English classes than you do in other subjects and just by by virtue of that you tend to have or you know have a closer relationship with like an English teacher than you would like a math teacher who's like okay two plus two is four moving on yeah that's a really good point I never thought of that we get into those deep conversations in English classes and sometimes in history classes and Mm -hmm. other classes too yeah um that's cool and then you're gonna get to do that yeah I'm excited Anything else you want to say to our audience that could be millions, could be five people, but do you have anything else you want to say to the audience? Hmm. Don't take things too seriously unless it's something that necessitates seriousness. That's good advice. Because life is too short to take everything too seriously. It's very true. And... I feel like that's like that's like David Sedaris that's like mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. these people we just love who seem genuinely good and happy it's because yeah. they just they find the humor in situations yeah learn to laugh at yourself and also read a book yeah. well thank you so much for being on our podcast today thanks um, for having me it was a blast I was so glad it was so good to talk to you again yeah. um so yes this is our guest Alyssa and I'm Lauren and Grace can't be here but this is the Laws and Grace podcast thanks for listening